Colin, it's Chris Shorb calling in. Uh, caught up with my podcast because I started working out, so that's nice. So I thought, hey, Colin's a big caller in a lot of the, a lot of the anchor podcasts I listen to. I'll give him a listen. And uh, starting at number one, as I always do with most podcasts, uh, and really enjoying it so far. Wanted to touch base with you just on an ironic thing that happened is you were talking in one episode about nostalgia and then later that episode you mentioned G plus and I in that moment had a stab of nostalgia for Google plus and you know what I really like that platform and I miss it and it's too bad it took off huge I mean it's great it took off huge with RPGers and didn't go anywhere I guess with the rest of the world. Hey, keep up the great work. I'll keep listening to your podcast, enjoying it. Take care. Bye. Hi there. I'm Colin Green. You're listening to Spike Pit. But this is not one of my normal episodes. I'm calling these episodes my drive-by episodes, wherein I speak a little bit more candidly about the things that are on my mind, I'll be pulling less punches, maybe biting a bit less on my tongue. Now, if you think that's perhaps not such a good thing, then this is not the episode for you. Remember, this is a drive-by. It's always awesome to hear from a new caller. That was Chris Shorb at the top of the show. And for some reason, I know that name. I, I I want to say that I've heard him calling in maybe to gaming and BS or sending in an email. Just super familiar. Maybe it goes back to the G Plus days. But I was not a a big player in the G Plus. I just caught the tail end of it because I'm always a little bit behind with stuff like that. And uh, we're going to hear more from Chris going forward. So that's awesome. He's a brave man tackling... Spike Pit from episode one. Whew, tell you, um, what is this? 269. So um, he's probably looking at, well, I don't know, uh, 100, 100 plus hours. Wow, that's going to take some, some doing. Glad you're listening along, Chris, and thanks for the call. So moving from a new caller to some familiar voices now, this show's got a range of topics included. Uh, I'm not going to mess about too much. Let's get to the calls. And the first is from Winston Crutchfield. At one time, uh, I do recall putting out an episode that was entirely calls from Winston. I love some of his ideas. It's, It's been a while, but... I'm glad he's decided to call in with this suggestion for grappling. I think it's a really good idea. Uh, anyway, enough from me. Let him speak for himself. Take it away, Winston. Hi, Colin. It's Winston. I just wanted to say it's great to hear the acapella spike pit theme. I love both versions and uh, like to hear you mix it up. On the subject of grappling, uh, something near and dear to my heart as a lifelong fan of both uh, the cinematic uh, WWE style and uh, traditional Olympic style wrestling. The uh, You wanted a, a system that was baked into the rules, so to speak. You might consider using the exhaustion rules, where your subdual damage does levels of exhaustion instead of hit point damage. 
that puts even the 10th level fighter on uh, the same footing as a first level fighter. There are only six levels of exhaustion, with the last one being incapacitated instead of dead. And uh, to give that uh, 10th level fighter an advantage, let them take an action to make a con save and shake off their exhaustion levels. Anyway, coming up on a minute, this already seems to go so fast. Love to hear your show. Bye. Now, the exhaustion mechanic in um, D&D is something that um, has really caught my attention. A few people have mentioned it. Uh, Jason Hobbs called it out in a, a recent contribution to this show. I can't remember why now, but um, he, he kind of dropped it in, and I, I meant to ask him if he if he had some ideas for how perhaps he would use it. Winston talking about it there in wrestling, and now uh, Rich Fraser, a man who uh, often gives me some great ideas in relation to D&D and this time he's even talking about kind of combining uh, exhaustion in with hit points and is also referring to the the chat we were having about lingering injuries and this is a good reminder because I'm ashamed to admit I still have not taking this up with my players I've really got to uh, get to it but all this business of exhaustion is um, something I need to consider for a session that's coming up this Thursday. We've got some kind of like um, some more dinosaur racing and gladiatorial combat. I thought the racing was going to happen last week, but didn't get to it. And then yesterday, I was, I don't know what it was, I came over feeling really bad yesterday. And um, I decided to cancel the session and I'm going to extend it, uh, make up a little bit of lost time on Thursday, uh, because it's actually Sonny's birthday, so it would be cool for him. He wants to play D&D, so uh, I'll extend out the session a little bit, and um, he likes the idea of having some kind of gladiatorial combat and dinosaur racing, and maybe this would be a chance to try out some exhaustion, variants and wrestling and stuff like that so hopefully i can come up with something fun for thursday anyway let's get on to listening to what rich has got to say hey colin it's rich uh just listening to uh you from the beginning of april talking about the lingering injuries table man that thing's great uh i used started using that uh, someone's house rule, like you were saying, when you hit zero, uh, roll on that thing, along with uh, some additional exhaustion rules, because I think exhaustion is really underused in 5e. So uh, if my players hit, uh, well, if their characters hit uh, 50% hit points, they take a level of exhaustion, quarter hit points, another level of exhaustion, zero hit points, they roll on that lingering uh, table. So it's... Uh, it makes losing hit points and uh, hitting zero a lot more punishing. That's not the word I'm looking for, but uh, it, there's a lot less incentive to do it. You know, you don't charge into battle and go, oh, well, he'll just heal me and I'll get up. Talk to you later. I've been really pleased with some of these ideas I've been getting called into me and the, the discussion that's been going on. Um, I've, I've found it helpful for my game and I hope other folks are, are getting ideas as well. 
I voiced my frustration about trying to do this type of thing on Discord and I still largely find myself getting frustrated on there. And the next caller has had a similar experience. It's uh, Josh from JB Publishing, Josh Beckelheimer, and he's got some thoughts to add uh, around the frustration he's experienced with um, getting rules advice on social media. Hey, Josh Beckelheimer here. So I got to say, I get really annoyed too whenever I ask about a game system and looking for advice on how some of the rules or the mechanics work in the game and then I get advice from another game system. Like It doesn't help me one bit. And it's the same as whenever I... Um, when the only game I ever had for a while was um, Pathfinder and I was just trying to find out if there were other ways I could play Pathfinder before I discovered the OSR. I would always go online asking, you know, certain questions and immediately I would get response was, well, that's not Pathfinder. You might as well be playing blah, 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 blah. Well, the point is, the only thing I can afford is this Pathfinder game that I already have. And this is before I discovered the OSR and people have just never really been helpful when that came to helping you with a game system that you have. Now, I think Josh has hit onto some classic responses that you you might get. Personally, I've heard of it. I don't think I've directly been kind of told this myself. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But the the kind of, oh, well, why would you want to do that? Because blah, blah, blah. Um, or why why would you want to do that? That's not how this game works. Well, you know, that is so unhelpful. If, you, if you've if you got a game and you just want to try something different and, and you're just looking for some ideas, um, I feel like if, if, if you're the person that's kind of making those type of statements or you even feel the urge to make them statements, man, just don't. Don't bother. No one wants to hear that. It's it's not helpful. And uh, I, why why would you do it? I I, I don't understand it. Is is that what we're is that what we're kind of calling uh, gatekeeping? Um, hmm, a strange one. I don't understand the mentality. And also, I still keep hearing people on your show talking about how five E is not deadly. But I don't know if you mentioned it yet, but, you know, in the um, Tomb of Annihilation, there's no resurrection, I don't think, when your characters die because of the whatever it is, some kind of soul machine. I don't know what it is, but people can't resurrect. So it's not like, oh, we'll just bring them back to life. I don't think that's the case in that uh, game, in that adventure. So there's no resurrection. You got to, like destroy the machine or something I can't really remember like I've just skimmed through it but I do know that there's no resurrection so it's kind of it is deadly yeah it might might be a little rough on the dying part but once you're dead you're dead there's no resurrection yeah I have to say I'm I'm not convinced by the that whole dying argument hard to die easy to die sort of thing it, it really you know it, 
it really does depend, I think, on what you throw at a party of adventurers. There's there's things like massive damage. There's big falls. There's all sorts of horrendous stuff that in in my game uh, could kill you. And we've we've touched on it as well. Exhaustion can be a major factor. Uh, there's a lot of poison knocking around, and the jungle, like Josh is saying, really is out to kill you. They've written in something called meat grinder mode which means that when you, you take your death saves, you actually have to roll a 15 to pass a death save instead of a, a 10 or more. So that is a, you know, a 25% hike. Um, and the other thing he mentions is because of the death curse, as they're calling it, there's no resurrection. Now, resurrection is not something that plays a big part in my games since I've been uh, back gaming, there's been no resurrection. I, I just see it as being something that's really rare. And um, and the players generally, I think the highest player in my campaigns uh, is, is back in the Fandolin game and, and that's like fifth level. Uh, you know, it's, it's bound to be a thing later on and perhaps... As this death curse maybe materialises, there, there'll be more talk about resurrection and, and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I I, I think you, you can kill you can kill characters. Characters can can die, um, but it, it's it is a bit contentious. Like short rests, long rests, and, and wearing down. The, the resources of the party. If if you allow players to keep taking rests and they never get any disturbances, then, yeah, you, you, you kind of make a rod for your own back. But I like to run a, a fairly sort of um, frenetic game, throw loads of stuff at the group. And sometimes, you know, it, it is handy to have player characters that are a little bit more resilient so that you can get those um, real sort of hard encounters and you can throw big stuff at them. And I don't know, you know, I, I quite like it, but your mileage may vary. Now, that is quite enough of me discussing my perversions and the, the bad, wrong fun that I have at my gaming table. A few folks have called in. In relation to the question I posed about are there any gaming books you regret losing or are there any stories where you, you, you've had a more positive experience in parting with some game product. I've got a bunch of call-ins here. I'm going to play them all together and um, have some comments at the end. Morning, Colin. Lonely Adventurer here. Or I should say, uh, good afternoon, where you are. It's morning here. Just finished listening to your episode on grappling in 5th edition, uh, but had nothing really to add to that. Grappling is a nightmare, I guess. <laughs> or I guess I, I can't even say it. It's never really come up in my games, but it seems like uh, not the best rule system for it. As to your question for if you could have one 
role-playing book back that you lost. Uh, I had a good think on this, and the one book that I owned as a kid that I truly miss is my first edition of Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader. Not technically an RPG, but it had many, many RPG elements. Um, I don't think the game really knew what the heck it was in that first uh that first edition and I think that was part of its charm it was very much a, a kitchen sink kind of book with uh, all different sorts of aesthetics and and ideas in it that I really enjoyed and even now find it uh, spurs a lot of creative ideas hey there Colin it's John I'm just listening to your latest drive-by published today on the 6th of May and I've got to agree with you man I mean when it comes to talking about getting rid of books I mean I'm I'm trying to keep mine confined to like the bookshelves in my computer room and I'm getting to the point now where space is extremely at a premium and I just need to get up I mean I've got a couple of piles of books on the floor as well so I'm getting to the stage where I'm just going to get have to get off my lazy ass and actually see about selling some of them and to me it's not a case of like I mind selling them because there's some systems like I've got two systems worth of exalt in here that I'm probably never going to play again I don't mind getting rid of them it's just the hassle of trying to find somewhere to sell them, sorting out the postage, and all of that malarkey, which every time I think about it, especially at the minute, I'm just like, oh, seems like an absolute ball ache. But I am getting to that stage now where if I want to get any more books in the future and I want to keep them limited to my computer slash game room upstairs, which I do, I'm just going to have to take the plunge, deal with the the fairly minor hassle and just get some of this stuff shifted but i think you're absolutely right that you know you should be careful about what you get rid of because there's games that i've not played for a long time but that hold a, a special place in my heart and i wouldn't want to get rid of those and there's others which may be worth a little bit more if i can take the time to actually search around on the internet so i'm just gonna have to deal with the um, the ball ache and get it done i think at some point obviously when the, the current situation is dealt with. Enjoying your episode, dude. I'm going to get back to listening to the rest of it. Take care and keep a five pit t-shirt warm for me. See you in a bit. Hi, Colin. It's Winston. You asked for stories about gifting books. When I was moving house once, I took a box of old D20 RPG stuff to the Half Price Bookstore. It hurt my heart immediately afterwards, and I've never done it again. On the other hand, I've been pleased to uh, gift portions of my collections otherwise. When I was coming up out of college, my younger brothers were coming up into high school. They uh, inherited portions of my collection from our best, our favorite adventures together. My youngest brother took my Palladium Robotech collection. My other younger brother took my Palladium Heroes Unlimited collection. And then when uh, a friend of mine had his backpack full of Palladium Rifts books stolen when we were in college, a bunch of us in the group got together and we were able to replace his missing books from our personal collections. So gifting books, I certainly have both regrets and happy memories on either side. Bye-bye. I probably should have included a trigger warning for those book stories. Some of that stuff uh, gets pretty scary. And if you've got a story and you're listening and you want to call it in, still still happy to put their messages up and those tales of woe or tales of joy um, are, are most welcome. We heard from Winston there, Winston Crutchfield, um, John Large, my old buddy from Red Dice Diaries, and um, 
Lonely Adventurer. God, I nearly blanked there for a second. I was going to actually read them out in order, but I went for the, the memory. Big mistake. <laughs> What's up, Colin? It's Joe. Dude, I know you're super into jungles right now, and I just started listening to this new podcast called Fall of Civilizations. It, they're all about an hour long, and they deal with just how ancient empires crumbled or, across the globe. And he's got an episode that came out on May 3rd about the Kamar Empire in basically medieval Cambodia. So between like 1000 and 1400 AD. It's fascinating. It's ancient amazing ruins in the middle of a jungle and might give you a lot of inspiration there's also an episode on the mayans which touches on a lot of those same themes megalithic structures in the middle of a jungle cool shit lots of inspiration thought you might be interested anyway dude peace out now i do love a cool recommendation quite often it's uh, a book from vance but this time it's a podcast from joe and i've listened I thoroughly enjoyed the episode on Cambodia and I am downloading some more. Catching up with the Anchorites, then I'm going to be listening to some of those and I've got some audible stuff. I also want to listen to uh, historical stuff. Uh, I've got some credit building up on there as well, so um, maybe I could do with some audiobook recommendations again. Uh, I, I, I like the, um, the great histories. So I think I've still got a, a Viking one to listen to. And I might even sort of see if there's a bit on, on um, natural history uh, with a view to immersing myself even further in jungles. And it, it's funny, I I kind of got onto this jungle thing. And, and since I've done that, I've, I've played, well, like I said before, I've been in Kalmata. I've been um, in Joe Salvador's kind of island jungle setting that we that we were playtesting with. Um, I'm in the jungle, the Death Robot jungle with Barney. Uh, I feel like there's more. Carl's game, I'm not in the jungle. I came out of Dolman Wood with John, but I'm not counting that. <laughs> uh, but on the subject of Death Robot jungle, got a call in from... Uh, and a, a curious character. Uh, let's let's see what he's got to say. He defies explanation, really. Captor here. Now listen, as one gun collector to another, I've been thinking about that Gatling gun that we lent you last night on the Isle of Death, and I'm not entirely sure that we did justice, good and bad, to the old chestnut. Now, how about this? Roll. 1d4, 1d6, 1d8, 1d10. You may take the highest for the damage result, but should you roll a double on any two or more of those dice, then it jams. What do you think about that? First things first, Captoff, I would say taking such a thing into the jungle wouldn't be particularly environmentally friendly. Um, but I guess if it's a death robot jungle... Perhaps that's not really a concern. Um, I think it sounds like a lot of fun, if I'm honest, and very messy. Hopefully, listeners will be able to um, figure out what's going on here, because 
I'm sure I can't. Now I think I'm on my third take uh, expounding on this calling from Barney and I'm just going to sum it up. Gatling gun or no Gatling gun, if you're in one of uh, Barney's games, you're going to have fun. He's going to make an effort to come up with uh, kind of interesting little mechanisms to capture the the flavour of the setting and create the experience that he sort of sold to you. And, um, yeah, awesome. Give it a try. You can catch up with Barney in all the usual places. Uh, he's got his podcast, Loco Ludus, and currently he is running folk through Death Robot Jungle. So back in June 2018... I uh, hadn't been podcasting for very long. I think it was episode 11 or 14. I asked this question about um, why do we play RPGs. At the time, didn't get much of a response. And uh, I started thinking about this again because Chris Shorb called in, left a message in relation to this episode. It was either 11 or 14. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I'd, I'd quite like to um, jump in the Wayback Machine, head back to 2018 and revisit this topic. So um, I put out a request on the Audio Dungeon explaining that this was something I wanted to do. But I think, honestly, it got a little bit lost. I haven't heard anything. I'm assuming it got lost. Maybe nobody's interested, but... I, I, I don't think so. I, I think it's potentially an interesting discussion. I'm going to play the first message from Chris and then I'm going to carry on with the rest of what he's got to say in the actual episode. Once it's finished, I'm going to use it as like a springboard to put something together. So if if you've got something you want to say, just call in and I'll be putting this episode together in the background along with my other normal episodes just just for something else to try i've heard that people uh, quite like the, the variety that i'm doing and <laughs> i see i seem powerless to do anything about that anyway so it's just as well colin chris sure wanted to call in the listening to spike pit got up to episode 13 or 14 i guess it's number 14 I think the last episode you introduced a new theme song. It's kind of a surf rock song. Sort of reminds me of the Damned song off of Strawberries called The Dog. Uh, amazing stuff. I uh, love it. Uh, also wanted to call in. I may have to go to another message on this one. I wanted to call in about um, why we play RPGs. And I think that's just a fascinating question. I ask myself that all the time. Why do I play RPGs? There's certainly the social aspect, getting together with these friends. Um, but, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I think about the guys I play games with, and I don't. sometimes I don't know a lot about their lives outside of gaming. So socially, it's really we are focused on the game, not each other. Okay, I got to go to another. Uh, I got to go to another message. Thank you for listening to this Spike Pit drive-by episode if you've enjoyed the show consider spreading the word via social media take care catch you later